hey, as we begin this new year and you're looking for one more of these handouts, you're, you know, we're getting into our core beliefs. It's like, oh, I didn't get one. Okay, here's the deal. They're on our website. Okay, last week's was salvation. This week's prayer. You can download it, print it off. We'll bring in some extras next week. But then you can listen to the podcast and then you can fill in the blanks. Okay? As we, uh, as I said, we're starting this new year and it's time to refocus who we are, what we believe and uh, commit to moving forward together. And so for five weeks, we're focusing on our core beliefs. What God's Word says about our core beliefs, what we should know about our core beliefs, and then how do we live those out? It's okay if you just know them, right? Mm, not so much. We have to know more than just know them. We have to truly believe in them and then live them out and act them out. And so that's what we're working on here. And, and you look at our original vision statement, We've taken a little time to sharpen up some of those points. We were sitting down this week and looking at our bulletin and the core statement and our covenant and said, you know what, somewhat, I mean, it's not confusing, but let's bunch this together a little bit better, get a little more focused. Um, and here's the deal. There's no way we can cover each subject in its entirety. No way. No way I can cover last week everything about salvation. No way, no way this week I can cover everything about prayer. Just not going to happen. So you're going to get sort of the bare minimum on each of these subjects. And we'll come out through the year, and you'll hear me hit on them more. Uh, but this is what you need to know and what we believe is strongly from God's Word. And, and, uh, and again, it's a brief glimpse at our core. Here's, here's four things, and it's not on the paper yet, but here's our four core beliefs. I want you to hear what they are, okay? The first one is salvation, which we hit last week. Salvation includes repentance and evangelism, Okay? Repentance is that initial surrender to God. I'm repenting, I'm turning from my sins, and I'm turning to God. That's the initial part of salvation. And then evangelism is then sharing that with other people. We believe strongly in both. We believe you have to turn to God. He is the only way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. Not works, not past beliefs, or my grandparents were great religious people. I'm going to do good things. It's only through Jesus Christ, okay? And then we need to take that message and share it with others. That's evangelism, taking the good news and sharing it with others. Our second core belief, we're going to put these together, is connecting with God. Now that is prayer and God's Word. It's talking to God and it's listening to God. The third one is connecting with others. That's discipleship and community. We're growing in faith. We're growing together. We're holding each other accountable. So we want to make sure we are growing. We do not want to be a stagnant church. Last thing is worshiping God. Worshiping God, there's a lot of things that fall into worshiping God, but here's the deal. We are giving God the glory He deserves. God's an awesome God, and we need to show that He has the value. We give Him the glory. How do we do this? By serving. By giving. Giving of ourselves, giving of our time, giving of our finances. Part of overflow is worship. It's not, oh, well, we're going to see how much money we can give. That's all part of worship. Our time serving others, serving in the church, that's showing that God has value and I love him so much, I want to worship him by giving of myself to others. So we'll talk all about those four things and, you know, a little bit more as we go along through this series. Today we're on the second one, which is connecting with God. So as we move into this, it's very simple. This focus here is really going to be prayer. Look at your prayer, uh, your sheet there. 
prayer is, and there's a blank, prayer is connecting with God. That first blank is connecting with God. Prayer is connecting with God. See, this builds our relationship with God and connects us to Him like no other activity can. Prayer is connecting with God. Now, as you look at that handout, you have to ask the question, why pray? Well, didn't we just say it's important to connect with God? Yeah, so we should pray, right? So, but why? Let's break this down. The Bible instructs us to pray. There's a lot of scripture on the side there. Uh, Matthew 6, 5 through 15, Luke 11, 1 to 13, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. As you look down this, this paper, you say, there, there's a lot of scripture on there. We're not going to look it all up. This is part of your homework, your opportunity to grow throughout the week and say, I want to look it up and study more and learn more. That's part of your discipleship. That's part of your growing opportunity. So as you look through these later, we'll, you know, you're going to grow more on those. But this is what I want to do. is I, I just want to just give you all these bullet points, and then we'll talk a little bit more through what they mean. Um, second one is God wants us to pray. God wants us to pray. Why should I pray? Well, God wants us to. He talks about in Scripture the value of it, the importance of it that we're commanded to. He wants us to pray. He wants us to talk with Him. The third bullet point, prayer deepens our walk with God. Prayer deepens our walk with God. The more you pray, the closer you draw near to Him. You know, man, you know, I've got Psalm 63 listed there, but if, as you read through the Psalms, you would see some incredible, incredible moments by the psalmist as they are just pouring out to God. You don't just walk up to a stranger and just start unloading all your emotions, right? You're not going to share with them your deepest hurts, your deepest feelings. I'm not going to come up to you, and unless I really know you. If I know you, then I'm probably going to share more with you. As a church congregation, I'm always sharing with you. Why is that? Because I know you, because I love you, because I care about you. If you're complete strangers, I might share some stories with you. But as we sit around somewhere else, cup of coffee, you know, or somewhere driving, I'll probably share more with you. You probably ask me some questions. I'll unload more. That's what the psalmist does. The psalmist in his prayers just unloads with God because he has a deepened walk with God. So prayer really deepens our walk with God. And the fourth one there is God answers our prayer. God answers our prayer. So why pray? Well, the Bible instructs us to, to pray. And God wants us to pray, and, and prayer deepens our walk with Him, and God answers our prayer. Now, those are just four reasons why. Are there more reasons we should pray? Oh, there's absolutely so many more reasons why we can pray, but those are four key ones with Scripture to go along with that. So we pray so that we can connect and can draw near to God. Then the next question is this, and, and that is, well, how should we pray? How should we pray? You know, the Bible, you know, you think about this. God just doesn't say, hey, go pray. You might read in Scripture somewhere where it says, go pray, or you need to pray, or pray continue. Okay. But it doesn't just stop there. God says, I want to teach you how to pray. I want to show you how to pray. You know, a good parent will teach their children how to accomplish a task, right? Jesus says, as my spiritual child, as my child, I want you to know how to pray. I want to show you. So God instructs us, and Jesus talks about it in Scripture. And I want you to think about this. Right now, just sort of sit back and think about this. What's one thing your parents taught you to do? If you could sit there and say, oh, 
my parents taught me how to, you know, I, I can think, okay, what did my dad, my dad, you know, taught me how to drive a tractor, drive a truck, all that kind of stuff. And I sit there thinking, I remember shifting gears, putting in the clutch, and how to, you know, turn on the PTO on a tractor, and it's like all these things that dad had to teach me how to do. It wasn't just like I just sat on a seat and it's like, I got it, Dad. I know how to do this. Dad's like, no, first you need to do this, then you need to do that. Can everybody think of a moment, something that your parents taught you how to do? Step by step. Let me ask you this. Did you fail the first couple times when you did it? Probably did. But did you give up on it? No. Probably not. See, there's sometimes when we pray, we're like, oh, I don't think I'm praying right. I don't know how to pray. So you just stop praying? No. You keep learning how to pray. You continue to try to pray. What was it that your parents taught you? What have you taught your kids? Parents? Grandparents? Oh, you're not done yet. Some of you thought, well, I'm done, right? No, 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 no. You can keep teaching them all, all your life. How are you doing to teaching them the value of prayer? I forgot to ask Jenny about her permission to share this story, but she said, this is going to be a sermon illustration someday, isn't it? So I'm going to take that as a, I can share the UPS story. Sure, yeah, because I just put her on the spot. What is she going to say? No. I love you, dear. Right before Christmas, we were heading to my mom and dad's, or Christmas, this was like after Christmas Day. We were heading to my mom and dad's. And what I had chosen to get my mom and dad and what we worked on had not arrived yet by UPS. And uh, so we were like, oh, boy. And we looked online. Is it going to be here yet? No. Well, oh, wait, it's supposed to come today. Well, we know in our house, uh, UPS usually arrives 3, 4 o'clock. We're leaving from my mom and dad's at about 1 o'clock noon, somewhere around there. We're not going to see that UPS truck. We're going to miss it. We're going to go to Indiana. We won't have my mom and dad's gift. <sighs> Bummer. Well, what happens in our house? Our prayer warrior takes over, and uh, she's praying away, like, you know, God, you're going to work this out. And, and it's like, I don't know how he's going to work this out. But um, let's get in the vehicle and let's head off to Indiana. We can't wait another three hours just for a UPS truck to show up. And what if it's not even on the truck? What if the tracking thing is all wrong? So we get in our vehicle, and usually when we get in our vehicle to leave, we just pop around the turnpike here and head to Indiana. Well, the thing was, um, I picked up something from Archibald, and it was the wrong thing, so I had to return it. And so we thought, well, maybe we could just return it. We'll, just, we'll drive the Archibald and hop on a turnpike in Archibald. Okay, we don't normally do this. Okay, but thanks to my error of picking a, a wrong thing, we're now going to do this. So we leave, and as we leave our house, we said, well, we'll just drive through town. And Jenny's like, just everybody, keep your eyes open. Everything off right now, all eyes looking for that brown truck. You see UPS truck? We're pulling it over, okay? All right, so, and she's like, I've been praying about this. I've been praying about this. And she was really strong in this. And it's like, I've been praying. We're going to find that truck. We're going to find your mom and dad's gift. So as we turn the corner and head down Shoop, and then head down uh, towards downtown. As soon as we turn that corner, straight ahead, we can see it all the way down there. UPS truck. Yes! Step on it! Run that lady over! No, she didn't say that. Um, we had a hot pursuit then. She didn't say any of that, okay? But we were like, step on it. We did pull down, and, and the truck pulled off, and we're driving like, wait, which, which, one, which road did it turn on? Which, I think it turned on here. I think it pulled into the post office. So we whipped the vehicle around and parked, and she said, I'll be right back. And she just flew out of that van. She said, I've been praying about this. And as she's running out there saying she'd prayed about it, she goes in and uh, goes back behind the post office, 
and goes up to the UPS guy. And because we know the UPS guy very well. And matter of fact, he's even said, hey, I'm going to be at your house later today. Oh, great. Okay. So we're thinking we're in good here. She finds it's not the same UPS guy, but Jenny introduces herself and says, yeah, I think I've got that. Sure enough, he had the package from my mom and dad. She got it. She came into the van. There was much rejoicing. And all I heard for the next 30 you know, seconds or so was, see, God answers prayer. God answers prayer. See, I knew I was praying about it. I knew I was praying about it. Now, let me ask you this. I share that story with you. It's a fun story, but let me share that story. What lesson does that teach our children? We need to pray about all things, even if it's a simple Christmas present to write, even if it's dad's cancer, you know. We pray about all things, but do we teach our children that? Children, let's circle up and pray. Let's hold hands and pray right now. Hey, God answers prayer. Do we celebrate that? Now, we can talk about prayer all we want, but there's nothing like doing it and seeing it in action and then participating in it. The best thing about, you know, how do we pray? There's all kinds of methods. It's just a matter of really doing it, but let's, let's break this down. And how do we pray? Turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. First book in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Jesus actually does pull them aside. Some of the disciples were saying, well, how do we pray? I love what Jesus does in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 5. Jesus says, now about prayer. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners in the synagogues where everybody can see them, I assure you. That's all the reward they'll ever get. He's doing this because at that point in time, some people, who the religious leaders, they're like, hey, watch me as I pray. I'm going to use some really big words. I want to impress you. Their thing was all about impressing others. Look how holy I am. Jesus says, don't pray like that. Don't pray like that. Verse 6, when you pray, go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. Pray to your Father secretly. Then your Father who knows all secrets will reward you. Verse 7, when you pray, don't babble on and on as people as other religions do. They think their prayers are answered only by repeating their words again and again and again. Don't be like them. So your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. So this is how you pray. He says, pray like this. This is what he says. Our Father in heaven, may your name be honored. Look at that first section on your piece of paper. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. May your name be honored. You know what that is? That's worship. Put in the blank there, worship. When you pray, worship God. Recognize him for who he is. He's not just the, the old man or the big guy in the sky or the cosmic cop. He's God. Lord of all creation, as we just sang. Hallowed be your name. Honored is your name. Verse 10, may your kingdom come and may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know what that is? That's yield. Yield. Fill in the blank there, yield. See, is this what you want or is this what God wants? When you pray, is it really what you want or is it what God wants? Prayer helps us yield. See, the right of way really belongs to God. If you're ever traveling and you're going off and on exit ramps, and a lot of times you come to a road and there's a yield sign there, you know what that means? It means speed up and beat the other car that's coming in the other lane and get in front of them, right? No. What yield means is you're supposed to slow down, and if there's oncoming traffic, guess what? 
You're yielding. You are giving up your right of the way so that they can go. Once it is clear, once they have gone, now it is my turn to go. That's what yield is, okay? But we have a hard time yielding, don't we? Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'll get in front. I'll speed up. We do that with God all the time, don't we? As we pray to God and say, God, your will be done. You know what that is? Hey, God, I really want to jump ahead of you right now. And God's saying, that's not yielding. We need to yield and let God go first. Let God answer. God, if this is what you want, so be it. I, I would really rather have this. Remember that when Jesus did that in the Garden of Gethsemane? Remove this cup of suffering from me, but not my will, but yours. In other words, God, I really don't want to go through this crucifixion, but you know what? It's your will, not mine. I will yield myself for you, God, for what you want. That's how we pray. First with worship, then with yielding. God, this is your will. Verse 11. Give us our food for today. Give us today our daily bread, as maybe you've memorized it, right? That's a request. Right in the blank, request. You're asking for something. What is it that you need? Ask, what do I need? Not what I want. What do I need? Right? How many times have maybe uh, parents, your kids, will say, man, I need a new smartphone. I need the latest gadget. I need, you know, this is what I really want. I really want this. What do you really need, though? Just to be able to communicate with somebody. So you're going to get probably just a little model phone. Okay? I didn't get what I wanted. Well, did you need it? Well, I don't know if I needed it. Let me ask you this. Does it matter if it's a smartphone or a dumb phone? You can still talk to people, right? Okay? But we feel that we need to have the smartphone. If you're sitting there go, what's a smartphone, what's a dumb phone? Don't worry about it, okay? You've got the phone you need. You're connecting right now with somebody, and that's good, okay? But we need to ask for what we need, not what we want. Verse 12. Forgive us of our sins, just as we've forgiven those who've sinned against us. That word is confess. We talked about this last week with repenting, with confessing, admitting that we've made mistakes, admitting that we've sinned, and there are things that we just can't pay for. Forgive us of our debts. I cannot pay this back, God. There's no way. What I've done, what I've, when I sin against God, there's no way I can pay for that. So God, forgive me of that. Erase that debt because I can't pay it back. Yeah. That's confessing, verse 13. And don't let us yield to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Lead us not into temptation, right? But deliver us from the evil one. That word is flee. Flee, F-L-E-E. Okay, two E's. Flee, they run away. So you need to run from evil and run to God. When we pray, God, help me to run from this temptation. Lord, help me to run away from these. God, help me to run to you today. I know I'm going to be tempted to gossip. I know I'm going to be tempted to lie. I know I'm going to be visited to to visit that, that site I should not visit, to see things I should not see, to talk about things I should not talk about, to act a certain way I should not be acting about, to take something that doesn't belong to me. Help me run from that. Help me flee from that today, God. That's how we pray. Jesus said this is how we pray. He gave us an incredible model to worship, to yield, to request, to confess, and to flee. Now, I gave you another method this past year called the chat method. I think that's on your paper as well. Chat is to confess, to honor, to ask, and to thank. That is on your paper as well. So we know why we should pray. We know how we should pray. But here's the thing. As much as we know all this, things interfere with what we do when we pray, right? 
oh, I've got a great plan to get up every morning and pray, and then, oh, this comes up. Or, hey, I really want to be better at praying and connect with God, but then this comes up. Here's what's going to interfere with our prayers. I'm going to really encourage you to look these scriptures up later, okay? First of all, Psalm 66, 18, where it talks about willingly harboring personal sins. Put in the blanks there, personal sins. When we willingly harbor personal sins, when we're like, yep, that's okay. If I'm going to keep on doing this, what is not right, what is not uh, according to God's word being true and good, I want to keep going against that. Guess what? That interferes with your prayer life. It's hard to connect with God when you're messing up, when I'm messing up. Look at the next one. Wrong motives. Wrong motives. You can find that in James 4, 3. Sometimes we pray, we pray at the wrong motives. Now, athletes, those of you in here, it's like, you know, Lord, I just prayed today, we just really beat that team. Okay? Every team wants to pray for victory, so who's God listening to? Are those the right motives for victory? Or, God, thank you for giving me the gift or the skill of whatever that is. Lord, help me to shine for you today with that gift, with that skill. Help me to do my best for you. Help me to, to treat my coaches with honor and the referees with honor. What motives do we have when we pray in various things? The right motives or wrong motives? Wrong motives interfere with our prayer life. Next one, controversy with others. Controversy with others. Now, I had a hard time putting that one. I was trying to think, how do I write this down, uh, uh, you know, with this person, that person? And I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to read to you 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Men, please listen to this. Oh, yeah. Time to have our toes stepped on. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7 says this. In the same way, you husbands, give honor to your wives. Treat her with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. If you don't treat her as you should, your prayers will not be heard. Ooh. Men, do you realize that when we dishonor our wives, when we mistreat our wives, it interferes with our prayer life? 1 Timothy 2.8 goes on to talk about how when we have controversy with other people, it interferes with our prayer life. When I looked at the first one, 1 Peter 3.7, I said, you know, um, I had down thinking about, okay, this men, this, well, you know, actually it's, it's men and women. This isn't just pointing at the men. Let's face it, when we are not getting along with each other, we are not going to be able to connect with God. Lack of trust in God interferes with our prayer life. The fourth bullet point there, lack of trust in God. James 1, 6 through 7 talks about that. When we're not trusting God, guess what? Those prayers really don't matter. Our prayers just can't be tossed. Oh, I hope that happens, and we sort of move on. Not really connecting with God in that. Proverbs 28.9 is our fifth bullet point. That's rejection of God's word. When you take God's word and you say, I don't need this, guess what? It's going to interfere with your prayer life. Prayer and God's word go hand in hand together. They go hand in hand together. Let me conclude on that, this piece of paper, what I was saying down there at the bottom, and that is this, and that is God's not this religious vending machine. You know, you all go at the vending machines, pop in the dollar, pop in the, the change, push the button you want, you get what you want. God, that's not God. But sometimes when we pray, we think that's what God is. If we just say the right things, push the right buttons, do the right things, you know what? I can manipulate God. If I'm really good today and then pray tonight, he'll answer me tomorrow. 
You know what? God knows our hearts. He knows all this. You can't fool him. He's not this religious vending machine that will dispense according to our will if we just learn how to ask right. He is our heavenly Father who wants the best for us. Think about this. God wants the best for you. He answers or he will not answer based on his superior will, not our wants. No matter what you want, it doesn't matter. It's his superior will. And prayer can sometimes, I know, be confusing and frustrating because we, maybe we don't get what we pray for or we're not sure how to pray. But this we do know. Jesus prayed. Jesus taught us how to pray. Look through the scriptures, you see men and women from the Bible who prayed and prayed consistently. Knowing that Jesus prayed should give us confidence as we serve him. If you go to Ephesians chapter 6, 18, let's turn there real quick. Ephesians 6, 18. In Ephesians chapter 6, 18, we have the, the whole armor of God. It's an incredible scripture. Paul talks about putting on the armor of God. But I want us to read verse 18. It says this. This is after you've put on every piece of armor, okay? All the armor is on. What's the next thing you do as a warrior? What's the next thing you do as a child of God? Pray at all times. On every occasion, in the power of the Holy Spirit, stay alert, be persistent in your prayers for all Christians everywhere. Paul instructs believers, you need to gear up. Get on the right equipment. Oh, and by the way, once you get on the right equipment, then pray. Can you imagine a football player in the NFL going out and playing without a helmet? Ooh, concussion city, probably worse than that, right? Can you imagine a, a track athlete going out and running without shoes? You picture whatever it is. Can you imagine a guitarist getting up in front of a group without their guitar? They're missing something important, aren't they? They're missing their equipment. Can you imagine living for Christ without prayer? You know, this last week, we had some really nasty, cold temperatures, didn't we? We were talking about, as we were setting up, you know, the blizzard of 78 and the blizzard of 2014. And it was a really comparison. And for those who know, don't even know what the year, you know, 70s looked like, you think, wow, that was incredible. We're like, yeah, it's still nothing. But I don't ever remember temperatures ever being that low, even in the 70s. I really don't. It was really cold. It was really bad. We even know of an unfortunate incident here in Wasian where an elderly woman passed away and she froze to death. It's a very tragic thing. You know, when you think about this, for those of you that had to go out, and I really appreciate all those who served in our city and going out and plowing and doing what they had to do to get out. You know, and I, I was thinking of uh, you know, some of our farmers here with animals uh, what you had to do to prepare to keep them warm in this kind of weather. Um, if you guys venture out without gloves or without hats, frostbite was going to happen. No doubt about it. It's on the news that a lady in Chicago, she said she was only out 15 minutes. And she was in a hospital and her hands were discolored and pretty ugly looking. I'm thinking, only 15 minutes? She must have not have been wearing gloves. I mean, come on. No, she was wearing gloves. How could that be? I mean, I went out, you know, wow. In the same way, entering the day, if you could enter the day without prayer, 
sort of like entering this cold weather without gloves and hats, you're susceptible to danger. If you enter the day without prayer, you are susceptible to danger. As a Christian, we need to know why we should pray. We need to know how to pray. You know, you can have all your gear on and still feel cold, but at least this, you've increased your protection. Because some of you say, well, I still pray, but I still feel like I get beat up at times. But you know, could you imagine if you didn't pray, what would happen? I was still cold out there when I was, you know, bundled up out shoveling. It was still cold. But could you imagine what it would have been like if I didn't have that on? It would have been so much worse. Paul says after putting on the armor, pray at all times. Pray, pray, pray. And do we pray at all times on all occasions for one another? Only you can answer that. Only I can answer that. This past week when uh, maybe your boss did something you didn't like, did you pray for your boss or did you complain about your boss? You know, my question to everybody in the school system, okay? We'll see how guilty we all are of this one, okay? When school wasn't canceled or closed, how many of you complained or how many of you prayed? Um, just a thought. I think it's very quick for us to complain about anything, whether it's our spouse, a family member, a boss, a superintendent, a teacher, a coach. We, we, it's easy to quit complain, but let me ask you this. A pastor, you can complain about me. It's happened, okay? How about praying for us instead? It's so easy, man. I just, oh, that per just do me a favor, stop. Pray for them, because they're probably getting nailed by a bunch of people right now treated in an unfortunate way. And as a believer in Christ, as much as you may disagree with somebody, you still need to pray for them. I need to pray for them. We need to pray for one another. If you were to turn to Psalm 119, we're not going to turn there now, but if you were to turn to Psalm 119, you would see an incredible psalm where the psalmist opens up and begins to pray and talk about God's Word at the same time. Now why is that? Because prayer, talking to God, and God's Word go hand in hand. Here's the deal. This morning, I had some good news for you, okay? I had some exciting news for you. And here's the exciting news. You have God's Word in your hand, okay? Now, some of us can't afford to say, well, I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy a Bible and hand them out, okay? Well, maybe we can't afford to do that, but here's the deal. We have 1,000 of these life books. 1,000, okay? You know how much they cost us? They were free thanks to the Gideons. What a gift, right? You have something incredibly good in front of you. In here is the book of John, plus in the back, it actually talks about friends and peer pressure, self-image, depression, worry, relationships, and it's all scripture on it and some challenges with it, okay? So there's some great helps in the back as well. Now, we have 1,000 of these books. Everybody in here has one. When you leave, there's a table back there with a couple hundred books on it. Take as many as you want to give away. That's our goal. We've got some good news. As we talk to God and He communicates with us, we want Him to communicate with us, and that's through His Word. They go hand in hand. I want to challenge this church. Yes, we need to be a praying church. Sometimes I'm going to be hitting Rhonda back up. Rhonda, we need to get your prayer team together and do another prayer breakfast, whatever it may be. You know, we did quite a few 24-hour prayer vigils this past fall. It's time we do another one again. We need, as a church, to continue to remember the value of praying. So let's pray. Let's continue to talk with God. But let's also make sure He's talking to us. And how does He talk to us? Through His Word. And we've got a lot of good stuff to hand out. So as you walk out of here, please don't walk out with just one. Take as many as you want. You're like, oh, I've got five people right now I want to hand it to you. Take five. I've got ten people I want to take ten. Okay. 
We run out, we run out. I would rather us run out this morning and then me walking back out with three boxes because our church decided, well, that's, that's a nice thing. I don't know if I really want to take that challenge. Let me ask you this. Why wouldn't you? You know how valuable God's word is to you? Imagine how valuable it can be to somebody else. God wants to talk to us as we talk to him. So let's get his word into people's hands so people can also hear God talk to them. And in return, you can say, hey, you know what? As God's been talking to you through his word, how are you doing praying? So I learned in church, this is how we're to pray. Now you can teach them how to pray just as you've been taught to pray. It's really simple. Can we go back to the kids here on the stage? It's how do we pray? You got to get your hands closed, right? And you got to close your eyes. Unless you're driving, then keep your eyes open and your hands on your wheel because we don't want to get in an accident, right? It's so simple. Because all you're doing is not being preoccupied by other things, getting focused in and just talking to God. It's conversation with God. It's connecting with God. I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. Let's connect with God. Let's connect with God. Okay? Got a little bit more exciting news I want to share with you, but before we do that, worship team, could you come forward? Okay. Worship team, we're going to lead us in a song as we sing. Um, worship God, honor God. Even as we're singing, it's like, okay, you know what? I want to, I want to pray a little more. You know what? Hey, pray. You know, consider this your prayer to God. Get done with the song. I close. I want to share some, uh, some exciting news for, with you and uh, some good news. And um, then we'll be dismissed. Would you please stand and let's pray together and then we'll sing. Heavenly Father, you're an awesome God. Thank you, God, so much for who you are, creator of this universe, lover of our souls. You love us so much, God. You sent your son for us. You're so powerful, so mighty. You walk with us when we're fearful, and you walk beside us to give us courage. You're God of wisdom. We're not sure what to do. You show us what to do. You tell us what to do. So, Lord, when we pray to you and we ask, God, help me with this. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the book of Proverbs, the wisdom that is dispensed there. God, I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, that you are a God that forgives. When we confess, you forgive. And you tell us to ask, to present a request to you. And, Lord, we ask that it is your will, that we yield, that we pull back and we let you go first and we follow behind you. Thank you, God, for being a God that answers prayer. What a mighty God you are. That you want to connect with us. You invite us and instruct us and teach us to pray. And then you give us your word so we can hear back from you. We thank you for that. Lord, help us as a church. Take the challenge. Take these Bibles. Take this book of John. Hand them out as many people as we can give them to. To get your word, what you have to say, into the hands of people who need to hear. Thank you, God, for this time. Help us to worship you now in song. May our voices sing to you and you alone. In our name we pray. Amen.